You're listening to Our Two Cents with the team from SGL Financial, building wealth for life. Steve Lewitt is the president of SGL Financial, and Gabriel Lewitt is the CEO. They're here to discuss all the latest in financial news, trends, strategies, and more. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Our Two Cents. It's Gabriel Lewitt here joining you today live on today's Wednesday. We're recording on a Wednesday. You hopefully will be recording or sorry, listening, listening. to this on, yeah. on a Sunday, most likely when it comes out. But I uh, hope you're doing great. I'm joined here by co-host. Yeah, by the other penny. Co-host extraordinaire, Stephen e- Lewitt. Extraordinary. Thank you. On a uh, crisp Wednesday a cr- morning. Crisp. Uh, possible war-torn morning. Yeah. So, folks, you've you've heard the news. Unfortunately, the one of the themes that is you know floating around there right now is what the impact of Ukraine, Russia, basically Russia going to war with Ukraine. What's that going to do to the markets and the economy? We're going to talk about that a little bit today. And unfortunately, that's just a kind of a sad situation all the way around. Yeah, a lot of people are going to get hurt. Yeah, and yeah. a lot of innocent people are going to get hurt. And well, financially, uh, a lot of other people could get hurt. So it's, certainly, it's, certainly it's, could. A, it's yep. a dominoes that uh, doesn't have a happy ending. It will have a happy ending eventually, but not right now. Well, so that's going to be one of our topics here today. We're also going to talk to you about money biases and how they may impact you. And in many cases, some of these might even be impacting you with some of the current news that's out there. So we're going to dive into that and we'll wrap up our show here today with a couple listener questions. Excellent. So we've got a good agenda here lined up for us. We're going to dive right on in. It's a great agenda. But before I do that, Pops, how are you? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. I, I'm waiting for the spring. I'm, yesterday, it was so dark all day. I, I was like, I, went, I don't know what happened to yet me yesterday. You, know, it was you like, were wearing sunglasses all day. <laughs> yeah. You know, thank Sorry. goodness, a, you know, met a lot of nice people. You know, we have, we have, I love our clients and met a lot of nice people. Every time I looked outside, it was like dismal. Mm. And uh, I'm waiting for the sun and 60 degrees and little buds to spring out. And this is my time to be impatient mm. with the weather. So you're being impatient. I am impatient man. Well, good. How's, uh, how's the piano going? Oh, man. Does everyone know I'm learning to play the piano? Can you share on the show? Yeah, I did. Yeah. I did. Well, I'm eight months You're in. You're supposed to play a tune for everybody. Mm, coming along with my poems for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> uh, still writing, still playing the piano. Um, I love the piano. It's hard. Well, that's why yeah. it's, a, uh, it's, a, it's a precision instrument. You know, I keep looking at my fingers and saying, go, man, go. And <laughs> yeah, they don't go. <laughs> Well, well, good to hear that you're doing good, folks. Hopefully, you're doing great out there as well. You know, all things considered, and looks like we may have an end to the pandemic. You know, masking requirements potentially. That uh, sounds like some good news on the horizon. So, uh, yeah, hopefully, there's some positives taking place amidst some of the uncertainties and the the, the downsides that are out there with uh, kind of world tensions. So, well, let's dive into our show here. Uh, our topic, of course, to kick things off is you know the Ukraine Russia. Uh, issue here, you know, the Russians invading Ukraine, uh, how's that going to impact the market, broadly speaking, Dad? You're already hearing uh, some ripple effects that are occurring as a result of that action. Well, there's there's so many factors that go into this. First of all, there's a lot of fear uh, that uh, once there's a war that the market will collapse. Historically, uh, there have been negatives in markets which uh, have recovered sometimes pretty quickly. 
So, you know, that's another subject is you're never investing short term anyway. We're going to go through these up and downs just like we did in 2000 to 2003 and 2008. And in November of 2020, when the market collapsed 31%, came back in a year. So the market's always coming back. It's riding through it. But I think the actual bigger impact, other than the fear people have, which is money bias, by the way, uh, of the market is that there will be an economic impact that could last for quite some time. And that has to do with oil prices increasing. Uh, gas prices are already very high. I filled up my gas tank the other day. It was $91. Well, so I saw, I saw a, a picture from an article that showed somewhere in California gas prices, I think, were, were nearing upper five, $5 and, and yeah. change per, per gallon. Uh, so you could see you see price increases. You could see inflation really go up to the uh, 10 or maybe even to teens. I don't think so, but maybe 10 percent as supply chains get worse than they are today, as uh, oil prices go up, which affects everything, depending on what's going to happen in this conflict. Now, Russia will do whatever it can to upset uh, the U.S. and allies' uh, economies. In other words, there are levers they can pull internally because they know the world is dependent on their oil and other supplies. And Putin is the kind of guy that is not going to sit back and let all of these sanctions uh, just run his show. He's going to turn around and want to run his well, show Well, it sounds like it's going to get ugly from all apparent purposes. So already, oh, it's already know, sanctions it's, have already taken place yeah. from this side. There'll probably then be some retaliatory measures in addition to the invasion part uh, that's you know starting to take shape and form. So unfortunately, you know these kinds of uh, world uh, conflicts tend to be you know very ugly. Well, it's what we call a number of waves. It's what we call a black swan event. It comes out of nowhere, even though that conflict's been going on for years. It comes out of nowhere, and all of a sudden, the, the bubble bursts on it, which is what's happening now. And you know, we keep saying this, Gabriel, but it's really true. If you have a good plan, it takes care of black swan events. Sure. And it absolutely does. And the key there is kind of twofold, you know, how might this impact the markets and the economy? You know, we'll talk about that uh, here. You know, starting with the market, the S&P has actually entered into correction territory as of today, sure. you know, or Expl actually as of recently. Ex explain what yeah, that is. Yeah, correction is a you know 10% or greater between 10% and 20% decline from a recent high. Now, what if it goes past 20%? If it goes past 20%, it's a bear market. That's right. Okay, bear yep. market territory. Assuming it stays down there and, and comes right back up, it might stay more correction. If it goes below 20% and lingers there and then goes lower or hangs out there for a while, officially a bear market. So the idea here is that uh, there's already been a correction so far this year, and people tend to hear that, whether it's related to you know Russia, Ukraine, or just otherwise, and they start to get very nervous about what's going to happen in the market well, the, for the course of the year, remaining course of the year. And so what the data shows, I think data can be helpful for us as humans. It's designed to help give you more of a logical perspective on things versus an emotional. And certainly emotions are biases, hence why we're going to talk about those here in just a little bit. But it's important to see some data here says that in a typical year that the S&P experiences a correction of 10% or more, 70% of the time, the S&P will end that year positive. Hmm. That's okay. amazing. Yeah. So let me repeat that. In a year where somewhere during that year, the S&P is down 10% to 20%, 
it's still 70% of that time will then end that year on a positive note. Sure. And for example, look, look at 2020, right? And certainly this was pandemic fueled, but the S&P dropped over 20%. And end of the year up almost, what, 30, 28%, 30%, I think, that year? Yeah. Let's see was, if I have it. I don't have the exact well, number, but it was an instant. It was called a V-shaped recovery. The market went down, went straight up. and Yeah, 28% uh, on the year. Sorry, looking at my data here. Yeah, yeah, and that was actually at the worst point from top to bottom. That was down 31%. It actually was more than it was dipped into bear market territory right. versus just even correction territory. So, folks, you know, look, if, if – not that the market is exactly the same as a casino, but if you were a gambling person, odds are that you wouldn't pull your money out of the market if there's a 70% chance that any time the market corrects over 10%, that it will end positive in some cases, very positive. Well, here's the problem. So I gave a seminar last night, and we were doing Q&A in the seminar, and one person says, hey, uh, with this whole Ukraine thing, why uh, shouldn't I go to cash? <laughs> well, people people think that. Should, shouldn't I go to yeah. cash? Because the market's going to go down. Mm-hmm. And really, uh, do you know the market's going to go down? <laughs> what if this? What what if what if he pulls back and the market goes straight up? Well, I or, always I always press people when they claim to know what the market's going to do. I'm going to say so. So you would bet you know ten thousand dollars. Pick a big number that's medium, medium size, not too big. You're crazy, but you, ten thousand dollars that the market, you know, will go down this year, right? Nobody will take that bet because when you press them on it, they they will uh, they will submit that they they don't really know. They just strongly think it might. Well, it's their right? fear. It's their fear. Yeah, yeah. And, and so that really can control you, and it can make you do some funky things, and uh, that's part of these biases. We'll we'll get to here in just a minute. But, folks, you know, the idea is, as you mentioned, Dad, go back to what your plan says, and we're not going to harp on that too much because we always do. But if you have a good plan and you understand markets and you have the right asset allocation and you're diversified or you use a core satellite approach, you've got things in buckets, there's a lot of things you can do to set yourself up to, in essence, just kind of brush events like this market-wise off your shoulders. I'm just going to say one more thing about a plan, and then then we'll move on. But in our plans, Gabriel... Uh, we always stress test with the 10 years between the year 2000 and 2010, which is the worst, when the S&P made no money. Mm-hmm. And that's how we stress this. It's a worst-case scenario. And if their plan works, like I was sitting with a client yesterday, we were reviewing their plan, and they said, "What well, the market's going down. I said, look at your plan on the right-hand side there, and you see those numbers in red? What does it say? <laughs> it says you've got market, we built in a 37% loss for you over the next three years. And you're still fine. And you're, and you're still great. Great, yeah, not great. just fine, great. And they, they said, oh, okay, then I don't have to worry about it. That's yeah. exactly right. You don't have to worry yeah, about and, it. And it's, folks, it's always, the, it's always the individuals that have a plan and can use that to then help ease their emotional concerns that are feeling less stressed about these types of market events. Yeah, so watch your budgets, folks. Watch what you're spending because uh, I think you're going to see some price increases don't go don't go have a budget in mind uh because war upsets a well lot of yeah things. let's just all put some positive thoughts out there that hopefully there there can somehow become a gosh i hate i don't think it's going to happen but a a quick and peaceful resolution to all this mess 
unfortunately. Well, there are a lot of theories out there what he's trying to yeah, do. But yeah. We'll see. We'll, All see. well, folks, let's switch gears here. And, of course, if you've got questions about the market being down right now, you want us to you know, maybe give you some thoughts or perspective, give us, give us a call, 847-499-3330 is our line. Or go to sglfinancial.com, click Contact Us. But let's talk about some of these biases here. I've been hinting at these, and they, they play really right into the market and the economy right now. And, you know, the way you approach money, there is a study done here by Morningstar, of course, big investment research firm and big research organization. So very bright minds over at Morningstar did an article, uh, been picked up all over the place. The NBC commented on it, uh, put a breakdown here. But basically, the way we all approach investments, savings, retirement planning is all based on our filter, if you will, or these biases are in many ways act as a filter for information, for decision making. They have a huge, a huge impact on what we do. Yeah, I'm sorry. I just, <laughs> my attention, somebody just walked by and I waved to them. Killing so, me, man. I'm not killing you. I was listening. So you tossed that over to me and I, <laughs> and I wasn't ready to catch the ball. Yeah, I kicked you under the table here, but I got a, I got a wall in front of my foot. Yeah, man. I understand. Sorry, folks. I uh, got distracted there for a minute, but yeah, look, we grow up and we get into, you know, we're we're influenced by our parents, we're influenced by teachers, we're influen influenced by what we hear on TV, and we develop biases, you know, uh, you know, like political parties, people are biased towards one or the other. Why? A lot of no, them, no. But, you know, if you grow up in a Republican family, you're probably biased to Republicans. If you grew up in a Democratic family. Very common. Yeah, same with yep. religion. You know, if you grow up one religion, you're biased towards that religion rather than another Well, yeah, religion. so, you know, your biases are going to be formed through a lifelong, you know, range of experiences. You don't even know you have biases more often than not. So the, the key here with anything related to financial biases is have an open mind, you ask yourself, you try to be self-reflective, right? If you're listening to the show and you hear us talk about these, ask yourself, do I do I exhibit any of those? And that could be a good indicator if you, in fact, well, well, here's maybe have some of these biases we're going to talk about. Here's a perfect indicator. The market goes down and you go into a fear space. Hmm. That, why? What, you know, what is feeding well, that Well, so let's fear? talk about that. So okay. the, the Morningstar study said that over 98% of people that had participated exhibited more than one or one or more actually financial biases that is, that is very likely costing them a lot of money and that's really the downside here about these biases if you if you fall victim to them they're going to cost you money and that's what we want to help you pay attention to here and see if we can avoid that and so the very first one is just understanding what the uh, the very first bias is which is called present bias Makes a lot of sense. What it is is it's the tendency to focus on immediate short-term rewards over longer-term goals or instant gratification. And, well, how does that impact us today? Our present bias may be avoid loss, right? Uh, oh, I don't like risk. Let's get out, right? It's an immediate actionable step. It feels good. It solves our you know fear of getting money out of a risky situation, but it's uh, in contrary, you know, fashion to a longer term objective or goal. Yeah. So most Americans, in fact, most people in the world are short term thinkers. You know, we think short term. Like people come in to us and say, oh, it's doing great in the market. I'm getting 10%. They forgot 2008. Mm -hmm. They forgot uh, 
2020, 2020 March. They forgot 2001 through three because they're looking short term. I'm doing great. I feel good. I'm good with that. I'm just going to stay with that. And that's a present tense bias. It says, well, it, 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 exactly. I mean, just fast uh, rewind, sorry, fast forward rewinds just two months ago at the end of December and before this 10% correction. And everybody was saying, gosh, man, I'm just crushing it, right? Because they're focused on just really short term movements in the market. And we're always encouraging our clients and you uh, listeners out there to, to try not to pay so much attention to the news and don't watch the markets on the daily just because it'll drive you nuts and, and you're going to fall more victim uh, to this type of present bias because you're always just being hammered with information and feeling like you maybe need to do something with that. You know, it's curious when the market's going up, everybody's a genius. <laughs> you know, I had a person in, I don't know, in December and just a potential client just sitting here, oh, I know, I know this, I touch that, it goes up. You know, it's like, yeah, well, of course, you're in a bull market and anything you touch is going to go up. It's what happens to you when the market doesn't behave the way you expect it to behave. And that's where present bias comes in because we want to keep what we have now and we don't look long term. Yeah. That's, so, well, that, well, present bias isn't just about loss aversion. In fact, loss aversion is the second bias that's out there. It's people that are so focused on avoiding risk and losses that they will uh, significantly hurt their longer term uh, wealth and, and financial and money accumulation potential because of that fear of loss. Yeah, now, I, was, I was burned in 2008. Oh, my God, I'm going to get burned again. Yeah, or I'm so worried I can't possibly see myself losing you know, more than 5% of my money, so I'm just going to leave it all in a CD or a checking account. And so it's, very, it's a little different than present bias. Certainly right now at this exact moment, those two are aligned, right? The market is down. People that have a loss aversion say, see, I told you, sh- <laughs> show, show. <laughs> I told you so, right? You know, the market did come down, right? And they'll use that as validation for their loss aversion tendencies. But the truth is, again, in a year, as we just saw with data, uh, with a market correction, 70% of the time, that would actually have been the wrong decision because the market would actually end positive. Well, just track all the gurus that were predicting the market's going down over the last 10 years. Now they finally got it right this year. The market did go well, down. So far. So far. Right? Yeah, so far. And they'll, they'll, they'll come out and say, see, look, see, I told the market's you down. so. Well, the year ain't even over, uh, folks, right? So, so, yeah, lots of things to think about here. The, the two here that are, again, you know, very common is loss aversion for very, very conservative people. We tend to have to push them out of their comfort zone oftentimes with a plan, with a bucketing-based approach. So we can carve out a long-term bucket and say, look, right here on your plan, folks, right, you don't have to worry about this. You've got 15, 20 years. You can be a bit more growth-oriented and see how much more money that this is going to make you Mm -hmm. over that period. So that's part of where planning and data can be so valuable for you is helping to avoid that that loss aversion uh, feeling or instinct. Okay. Um, now, the third one here that I think is really key, and I see it all the time, and you may, you may feel victim to this out there if you uh, are a do-it-yourself investor, but it's called overconfidence. Okay, and, and it's very rampant right now after a 12-year bull market because, as you just mentioned, Pops, uh, when the markets go up, it doesn't really matter what you are in. Certain things will certainly do better than others. But let's say all the sh- all the ships are rising on the tide, Boy, and yeah. everybody thinks, you know, "Wow, I did really good." You yeah. know, look what I look what I did. Look what yeah, I picked. I got the Midas touch. Okay, and the challenge there is if you fall 
subject to that perception that it's because of what you did and what you picked and, and your skill, that can give you a sense of confidence that you're better than you actually may be. Now, you might be really good. Who knows? Uh, but many people will then get burned later on because they, uh, they then make the wrong choices uh, that then hurt them. Yeah, so overconfidence is really strange because you can't see it until, <laughs> in, until you fall off the cliff. Right. You know, I'm running, running, look at me run, and then you fall off the cliff and say, oh, my gosh, I didn't see that coming. Mm-hmm. So that's how overconfidence works. And then when you fall off the cliff, most overconfident people always blame something else. It's never them. Yeah. And that's where I said, folks, it's uh, important to be self-reflective here. If you can't keep an open mind and uh, look back at yourself and your own actions, maybe you look back and say, well, there was a time where I thought this was going to work out differently, and and that backfired on me. That might have been a case of overconfidence. And can you use that to help shape your decisions a bit more wisely going forward? Well, I'm bringing in a seminar last night, so we were talking about financial planning, and you know, one person said, well, why can't I do my own financial plan? Yeah. And it's like, really? Uh, you know, how, how, do you, how do you know how to do it? You've never done one before. You're just retired. Yeah. It's the most important part of your life. And you think that you can do a financial well, plan. Yeah. I mean, we, we, you certain. So, look, look, I know people that have built their own houses. Okay. Uh, house. And, you know, I've, I've been in those houses and they don't look as good I you know, I'm a, never name names here, but as the ones that are done by professional yeah. house developers that have built a million, uh, a thousand houses, and the fi- houses okay. I've been in that are really nice that people built themselves. Guess what? They didn't build it themselves. They had all of these craftsmen and everything helping them. So they had the well, pros I, when there. I mean built themselves, I don't mean that they hired people. I mean they literally were the ones hammering the nails and yeah. putting in the wiring yeah. and setting up the studs and putting on the wall. You know, those houses look. DIY, okay, versus professional. And when that comes to your retirement planning and your money, that's a really big difference between the two. I think we beat that one up pretty good. Well, uh, I guess, maybe a little bit. So last one here is a little complex, so we won't dive too deep into it. It's technical term, folks, is called base rate neglect. And basically that says, okay, let me give an example. You know, we've come to the conclusion of, Maybe um, uh, a month ago that the market was doing pretty good and the economy is doing pretty good. And all of a sudden some new information comes along on the news and we forget all about all the, the key underpinnings that we already were you know, pretty strong on and just focus on the new news. Yeah, so, so we neglect all the old data we just had and just focus on the new information. Yeah, so one of the values of an advisor that we have seen and that's been documented is keeping people to the true to their principles and their goals and what they're planning and not be pushed off course by a wind that suddenly comes in from the east and wants to blow them into some strange island someplace. Yeah, yeah. So, so folks, you know, you put all those together, you know, present bias, focusing on the present, uh, base rate neglect, ignoring data for current news, good or bad, overconfidence, loss aversion. Those are the top four that Morningstar identified and what they found is certainly not a surprise. <laughs> Low levels of money bias equals better financial health. Okay, and one of the ways that you can have fewer biases is by working with an advisor that can help you from an outside perspective identify those in yourself. Can see more clearly than you can yep. because that advisor doesn't have your biases. Yep. That's that's and that's the value of an correct. advisor. Correct, and and you know more importantly, help you craft a custom tailored plan. 
that's going to fit the priorities that are most important to you to help minimize your biases. Okay. So, so an advisor, you know, in our world, Gabriel, we try, we try really hard not to have people see through our eyes, but to have to see their world through their eyes and then build a plan that fits that goal and how they see the world and their temperament and yeah, all of very, that. Very custom tailored, folks. So if yeah. you, if you custom tailor your plan around you and your personality, what's important to you, uh, we can absolutely minimize the impacts of these biases and improve your long-term financial health. Exactly. Sounds pretty good, right? Exactement. So, so folks, somewhere. going back to where we started, you know, with that in mind, you know, S&P correction territory, what do you do? Well, go back to your plan and try to avoid any immediate short-term reactions based on some of those biases that we just heard. And if you have a reaction that you don't like, like fear or anxiety or, um, you know, uh, most of it turns to fear, I guess, is they all turn into fear. Nervousness is uh, give us a call. We are here. We are here. That's what we do. Uh, we like our clients to have peace of mind, especially about tumultuous times. Yes, indeed. Well, so let's take a look here at some listener questions. Maybe that can help give you some additional uh, answers and peace of mind as well. And our first one here is from a uh, client I was talking to in person, and, and, and I asked him if I could use – we were just talking. and It wasn't a question for the podcast, and I asked him if I could use it as a question on the podcast, and he said yes. Uh, I won't use his full name, just uh, BH initials here, asks, uh, how do you deal, reconcile in your mind a previous investment decision that, you know, had you done it differently – uh, would have worked out uh, much better for you, made you a ton of money, for example. You know, how do you just reconcile that in your mind if you made the wrong move on something and, <laughs> and it's sticking with you? Yeah, that's a tough, <laughs> that's a tough one. Right. How do, you, yeah. Yeah, how do you approach that, Dad? Well, we have a rule here, folks, is never look back. <laughs> because when you look back, you normally see all the bad things or supposedly bad decisions you think you made. Yeah. So I have clients that are brand new clients, you know, that let's say move a million or $2 million over us to manage, and the market went down. Now, they could easily sit back and say, what a stupid decision I made. I, I, I should have held this money in cash. But sure, you don't know how this is going to work out. Looking back at poor decisions, first of all, you don't really know if it was a poor decision because the long run really tells the truth. And secondly, all you're doing is beating yourself up. Well, I think in this example, he was referencing something that very clearly turned out to be a not bad a, decision. Yeah, okay. Didn't, had he done something very differently, it would have put him in a much better place. Yeah, but here's here's the, the way I rationalize. I, it's not a rationale. In the moment, this person made that decision. That was the very best decision he or she could have made. That he could, they couldn't have made a different decision. Otherwise, they would have. So when I look at my life and my past, and <laughs> I think I made a couple of bad decisions. But at the moment I made that decision, it was the best I could do. And that's all you can do is the best you can do. Some work out and some don't work out. But in the moment you make that decision, that's the best you can do. Otherwise, you'd make a different decision. A little therapy here from doc, doctor. <laughs> that, was therapy. Very, that was very deep. Very uh, deep. Sorry. Well, yeah, so, folks, I think uh, maybe my less deep version of takeaway from that is, you know, don't beat yourself up because, you know, you couldn't have seen at that time 
that a different decision in the future would have been vastly better for Yeah, him. and that's the yeah. you're saying the same thing in a different way. Yeah. You're, you're, so, you're, you have a certain amount of data. You're interpreting it a certain way. And you come out with decisions. You say, you know, I really think this is the best decision. Well, and, and what I was telling him is, you know, look, you know, what, first of all, we dove into what his decision was. It, it turned out that, you know, he had uh, got some stock options. He sold it. Had he held on to it and sold it now, it would have been worth tremendously more. Okay, and folks, there's a lot of examples of that. People, <laughs> I, I, I'm not not an exact one to one. There is somebody that sold, you know, what was it like, you know, ten thousand bitcoins back when they were like, you know, a thousand dollars each for ten grand, and he'd be a, well, a multi-billionaire today, or multi at least hundred millionaire, <laughs> whatever that would come out to, right? You know, so so it, it happens, right? Because you know the people that end up later on saying, yeah, I knew that was going to go up. We all know that they're they're full of it. They, nobody knew. They're yeah. just saying that in hindsight now to make themselves look look like geniuses, which in turn makes you feel feel not so smart. But mm-hmm. but yeah, to your point, Dad. I mean, you, you you make the best decisions with the information you have at the time. If it happens to work out and be phenomenal for you, great. If it happened to be a bad decision for you, you 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 move on and be because if you focus on the past, you just you get sucked into that, and it's it's no good for you. Yeah, and I love yeah. this question because you know we all make decisions that for better or worse and we don't know when we make the decision how it's going to work out and it's really a question of how do you handle the results of that decision right do you react to it with a bias do you do you noodle through it and say okay let's take a look at what really happened here and what drove me that when you begin to understand your decision making do you work with an advisor that helps you do that it's how do you handle these decisions that don't work out exactly the way you think they're going to work out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, folks, if you're out there and you you've had a have a past decision that haunts you, try to let it go, and you know focus on the future and say, hey, you know that made me who I am today. That was a history lesson for myself to learn from. Uh, and in some cases, you might have if you went back to that same point in time, you might make the same decision all over again, right? Because an example of a individual stock that you you didn't hold on to. You know, certainly there's a lot of risk there, and you probably made that decision at that time because it was a lot of risk, and certainly had it paid off for you. You know, in hindsight, that like uh, when I go to the casino, uh, which isn't very often, I haven't been since before the 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 pandemic. But you know, I would you know, I used to play roulette, right, black and red, and when I put the money on black and it's red, I'm like, gosh. Yeah. I, I really, should have hit. Red. I should have. I should have picked red. I knew I fe- it. I felt red coming. I knew it was going to be red. Why, why didn't I listen? Why didn't I listen to my you know, intuition? We all know. You know, it's a pure chance, right? So it's it's many ways. You know, your decisions in investing back in the day are, are very similar, and just uh, don't go backwards. Just go forwards. But, so, so how are you? Me? Yeah. How are you? I'm good. I'm yeah. great. Yeah. 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 You know, I I am excited. It's almost March. To your point of spring on the horizon. Uh, today is sunny. I'm always more smiley on a sunny day mm. <laughs> like a song i think we all i think we all are more yeah smiley absolutely yeah. so yeah so life is good and uh, hopefully folks uh same my, for you out there my grandkids are good they are okay. they are uh, uh but yeah hopefully things are good out there if we can help you in any way give us a call 847-499-3330 you're, you're you're all business you don't want to chit chat well you know we are i've got our clock in front of us and we always try to stick to our uh. I'll talk more. We'll, we'll do a get let's to do, know Steve let's or do that next get to know time. thing next time. Yeah, absolutely, folks. And so, yeah, tune in next time. We'll do a little more get to know Steve and Gabe. But in the meantime, have a wonderful week and weekend, and we'll see you on 
the next show. Keep your feet on the ground. Stay well, everybody. See ya. Bye. Thanks for listening to Our Two Cents with Steve and Gabriel Lewitt. For any questions about your finances, give SGL a call at 847-499-3330 or visit us on the web at sglfinancial.com. And be sure to subscribe to join us on next week's episode. Investment advisory services are offered through SGL Financial LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Insurance and other financial products are offered separately through individually licensed and appointed agents.